Here's another inspiring speech recorded at Communities in Control, Australia's biggest and best annual community sector gathering. Our next speaker is the founder and executive director of Campaign Action. It's a national not-for-profit that helps organisations and individuals learn how to effectively engage in the political process. So if you're involved in a community group and there are things that you want changed, and we heard about some of those things in the last session and there are many more, then our next speaker is someone you'll really want to know. Damien Ogden has experienced campaigning in Australia, the UK and the United States where he worked uh, on the President uh, Barack Obama uh, 2008 successful campaign. His time with Obama encouraged him to launch campaign action in Australia to help people get closer to the political process. Would you please make Damien welcome? Thanks. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Um, first of all, thank you for the invitation to come today. It really is an honour to be here, uh, particularly because I'm amongst people who have dedicated um, both their professional and um, personal lives to community development. Um, so today I'm going to talk about uh, Campaign Action, um, the organisation that I founded in 2010. Um, but I'm also going to talk a bit about the Obama campaign. Um, it's funny, whenever I talk about Campaign Action, people say, that's really great, but I really want to know about the Obama campaign, um, even four years later. So I might just get that out of the way to start with. Um, so uh, back in 2004, uh, my wife um, had been... Um, trolling through the internet and she sent me an email and said, you need to look at this speech that was just given um, in the United States at the DNC National Convention by this guy called Barack Obama. And it's almost kind of weird to think back only that far ago that we didn't even know who he was, didn't even know his name. So um, like most emails, I didn't really read it. Um, and six months later, I finally got around to watching the speech and I must say that it was a speech that really captivated me um, for a number of reasons. Um, I'd been working in politics for a while. Um, I'm involved in politics for no other reason than I believe in social change. If there was another way to do it, then I would do that. And I'd been um, pretty frustrated with the political process in 2004, and um, I was a little bit despondent about it, and I think that's why my wife forwarded the video to me. So I watched the speech, and, and I remember thinking to myself, if he ever runs for president then I want to be involved in that campaign. And um, so I kept the link um, and I continually watched what was happening over the course from 2004 to when he was the nominee in 2006. Um, so I ended up working on the Obama campaign. Um, it was a fantastic experience for a number of reasons. Um, I was able to work in the national headquarters in Chicago and I worked in 12 states across the country for three months it was without a doubt the hardest work that I've ever done. I door knocked over 25,000 doors. I made over uh, 5,000 phone calls and it wasn't always a great experience. Um, but in the last two weeks of the campaign, as I said, I was in the national headquarters in Chicago and Chicago, Illinois being Barack Obama's home state, was easily won. It wasn't in, in, uh, it wasn't in play. But a lot of the effort was being put into northwest Indiana. Northwest Indiana is about 40 minutes from Chicago. It was a must-win state. If they didn't win northwest Indiana, then they probably wouldn't win the election. They hadn't won it since 1964. 
So for the last um, month of the campaign, um, I was making the trip from Chicago to northwest Indiana to do all that door knocking in bitter cold in some very rough neighbourhoods. Um, they're areas that have been really forgotten about for the last 30 years. Um, Michael Jackson actually comes from um, a district called um, Gary, Indiana, which is where I was campaigning. No joke, in the middle of the town, there is a sign that says Jackson 5 playing tonight. And the theatre had closed down and nothing had replaced it. And it wasn't there for any sentimental reason. It was actually um, quite sad. But I ended up campaigning with a gentleman by the name of Dwight. Dwight was 64, African-American. He was a janitor. Gets paid about $16,000 a year. Uh, Dwight had never voted in an election in his entire life. But Dwight, for a number of reasons, many similar to me, had become a volunteer on that campaign. He started in the primary and by the general election... He was making the trip from his home state um, in Illinois to northwest Indiana to door knock and coordinate the efforts to win that state. Um, in the end, Dwight was coordinating over 600 volunteers for six months um, every weekend, going in, door knocking, talking to people about the campaign. Um, so they won Indiana. Um, it was the first time since 1964. It might be even tougher to win it this time, and I don't think they will. But Dwight was someone who was completely disengaged from the political process his entire life, his entire life. But he became a real leader in that campaign. He was so central to that campaign, I don't think that they would have won those two districts without Dwight. Um, so it was a, that was a transformative um, experience working on a campaign. Um, I came home um, on a bit of a high, completely physically wrecked from it, and... I kept in contact with Dwight and I found out that Dwight um, had then been elected to um, leadership positions within his union and at the midterm elections in 2010, which were very tough for progressives, was elected to Chicago City Council. Chicago City Council is a huge council. Um, it has massive power in Chicago. If you know anything about American politics, you know that Chicago politics is pretty rough. It's pretty rough. So Dwight was elected as a city councillor and now he makes decisions because that council has so much power about what happens with local cleaning contracts in his city. So that campaign um, really changed the way that I felt about politics and the way that I felt about social change. I understood it from a theoretical point of view, but it really did change the way that I felt about it. Um, so I had this lingering um, connection to the campaign, and while I thought that I went there to learn skills and techniques about winning... What I came back was um, a real determination to create an organisation that would engage individuals and teach organisations how to campaign more effectively and to win their issues through grassroots campaigning. So campaign action, I might um, ask if we can put up a slide, um, if it's around. Uh, someone can do that for me? Guess not. Um, it's on there. What do I need to hit? Someone can fix that for me. So since Campaign Action was founded in November uh, 2010, we've trained over 1,400 people. Um, they've been community activists, heads of organisations, and everyday people who are trying to achieve social change. Um, and we've been doing that work constantly since then, and that was really because of my experience on that campaign. It changed something in term, inside of me. Um, I really believe that the best thing about politics is that it's about democratising information. It's about giving people the skills and the ability to do it for themselves. Unfortunately, in politics, um, 
It's been too much about the knowledge, the skills being rested within the few. Um, and what you do by democratising information is you actually share it. And what does that do? Um, that diffuses power, um, which some people feel very uncomfortable about. So we're going to get this slide up. So did I have to mention Joan Kerner three times to be invited back? <laughs> okay. All right. So campaign action. Um, these are some of our graduates in the Northern Territory in uh, February early this year. Um, we trained uh, activists um, in Darwin and then went to Alice Springs to train Indigenous candidates who are running for the upcoming state election there. So, um, a lot of the political discourse nationally at the moment is about mining. Um, so I thought I'd put up a picture of mining there just to keep myself relevant. Um, so in a political campaign, there are three major resources. It's time, people and money. Um, campaigns put a lot of strategic thought, and I'm not just talking about political campaigns here, I'm also talking about campaigns, issue-based campaigns that you probably run with your organisations. Um, really think um, a lot about how are they going to use those three resources, time, people and money. Um, but those resources are not infinite. They're not infinite. So at the end of a campaign, people usually feel drained because re resources have been drained from the community in order to reach a victory um, and nothing has been left, from, uh, left behind. Nothing has been left to empower the community to hold leaders accountable. So the reason I've got a picture of mine up there is um, because I believe that campaigning is traditionally done in a way that I call elect electoral strip mining. The campaign comes into a community, strips out the votes and leaves nothing after the election. It leaves nothing but waste and hard feelings. So campaign action, we urge people to think proactively about running campaigns that build the base, a progressive base, empower communities, grow new leaders like Dwight and give them the skills they need to do this independently in the future. So how do we create social change? And it was great that you had that panel just before I came on because you were actually talking about how do you actually achieve a gender reform or how do you actually achieve change? And as I said, the reason I'm involved in politics because I believe in social change and I want to achieve social change, not for any other reason. So we love shapes at Campaign Action. Our favourite is the triangle um, for another reason. It's got three points and there are three points in this slide. Um, the first is community organising. It's a term that's used a lot. Um, Barack Obama was probably the most famous community organiser and they talked a lot about that. But what does community organising really mean? It's used a lot. Um, community organising is really about a constituency that is fighting for change, a group of people that are constantly moving the agenda forward, okay, building that base. Second element that is just as important is progressive public policy, providing a vision, direction and agenda. You actually have to have an agenda. And the third element is grassroots electoral campaigning. Just, uh, and that's really about getting your agenda up um, through legislation and through the parliament. Now, this is a bit of a, well, duh moment, right? Seems pretty obvious. But what I'd argue is what happens in politics is that we get too focused in one or the other, and not all three. Community organising is done without any connection to electoral politics, which makes it a marginal politics. What's the point of organising a constituency of people who are fighting for change if you actually can't do it through legislation or you don't get your change through the parliament. Public policy, there are a lot of great ideas out there, but what's a great idea if it's never implemented? And this is the, the area where I'm really pushing back on is electoral campaigning, politics for politics sake. 
What's the point of winning elections after election if you're actually not implementing a progressive agenda or bringing people with you? So all three of those are connected. Not one is more important than the other. But every point must also focus on developing new leaders. Campaigns are an opportunity for new people to become involved and become engaged in the process. But this also strengthens organisations. Through grassroots community organising, it's not only a way to win, but it's also a way to strengthen organisations from the ground up. And we know this instinctively. We know this is the way that this works. So the way conventional political model for creating social change works is that there's an election. We don't know where the federal election is, but we know it's roughly sometime next year. And we'll engage around election time to get our agenda up. So that's the mobilising. That's the electoral strip mining. It happens when elections are on, not too far out from an election, maybe a month out. Um, that really drains resources and ties people out. It's also a very cynical exercise as well. How many times have you heard, this is the most important election of our time? Said that in 2006. Said it in 2010. Probably will say it again. And we wonder why people are cynical of the political process. We wonder why they're disengaged. But there is an alternate model, and this is the model that we promote. We talk about empowering communities for lasting social change, and it's what we call how you build, you know, how do you build a social movement. And I don't know why that's not spinning, but that graphic actually spins. Um, I spent a lot of time doing that. Um, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm really frustrated it's not doing it. Why isn't it doing it? Anyway, um, and the reason it spins, the reason it spins is because I probably had a little bit too much time to think about it, but because it really represents grassroots organising. Because it's ongoing, it doesn't stop. It's what you do in between the times when decisions are being made at election time. It's about building the capacity, the commitment, the infrastructure around a compelling, coherent vision for change. That's the organising work. Barack Obama didn't win just because he was a once-in-a-generation candidate. There had been other candidates that were probably even as equally as good as him. He was a great orator, but what he had was a... Um, a movement that had been put together over the course of 10 years. He really benefited from a lot of work that had been done in some very disenfranchised communities across the country back in 2000. So the grassroots organising is the hard work. It's the 90% under the surface of the iceberg that you don't see. But when you come to an election time and it's about mobilising, and that's the 10% that you see, um, that's where you get lasting social change because it strengthens organisations and it holds them to account after elections are finished. The biggest failure of the Obama campaign, and I'm not, a, um, I'm not devoid of being a critic of it, is that during the campaign, um, a very well-funded campaign, a lot of money was set aside for an initiative that they called Organising for America. So the idea was that once he was elected, he was going to move in with some pretty hard legislative reform, you know, first of all, which was healthcare. Right. Even though he came in the wave of that election, it was still going to be very tough. But I would say that the, uh, the campaign became, yes, we can, to yes, I can, and then people said, no, you didn't. Right? Because after the campaign, instead of taking the base and the people they'd organised and trained and developed into new leaders, they asked them to sort of stay out of it. They actually didn't say that, but they let them stay inactive for six months, and then when things started getting really tough and he needed his base, they wondered why they couldn't mobilise them anymore. This is ongoing work, and um, it never ends. That's why it spins, and I'm really frustrated it doesn't do that. <laughs> so, 
Um, what this really comes down to is leadership development and campaign action. We're a training organisation. We don't run campaigns for organisations. Um, there are a lot of people out there who say they do that and they'll come in and they'll write a strategy and they'll do it. I actually think that that completely misses the point and it's not the reason why I'm in, in politics. It's really about thinking about the long haul. How do we build today to turn the tide in two, three or four years down the road? What are we doing today that always moves the ball forward? So I urge you to think proactively about run, running campaigns that build the base, empower communities, grow new leaders and give them the skills they need to do this independently in the future. Leaders are not born. They are groomed and mentored. Leadership skills can be learned, but self-appointed leaders are rarely the leaders that we want, for they see self-interest as their interest and power, not relationally to the greater good of the group, community, organisation. We must develop new leaders who advocate for social change and in doing so broaden our progressive base to engage those from underrepresented communities. Now, when I talk about new leaders, I'm not necessarily talking about young leaders. Um, Dwight, as I said, was 64. He always had leadership potential, but had never been discovered. But that campaign gave him the ability to shine. So what we're talking about here is a people-centred values-based politics. Um, that's a politics that recruits authentic leaders that have in and relationship and are accountable to communities, and a politics that runs effective people-powered community-centred campaigns that builds power for those communities. This is the opposite model of corporate-funded campaigns. These are the campaigns that we call the ones that we can truly believe in to help change make happen. People-centred grassroots campaigns are when the largest people of people participate in the political process and exercise their power. This requires politicians and leaders to engage with the community beyond a short-term transactional relationship at election time. Elections are not just a battle about media, money and mobilising supporters for a week. It's the product and the strength of a political movement. Political campaigning, while extremely important in its own right, is largely a vehicle for getting people involved in political movements in the first time. When powerful enough, those progressive movements can win election after election and move the progressive agenda forward. It's really not a new concept, what I'm talking about. Um, we call this grassroots politics. Our greatest resource as a progressive movement has been the ability to mobilise a committed volunteer base. So to come back on the point that I started on was that it really is about my connection to that campaign and the story of Dwight, someone who was completely disenfranchised by the political process but was always a leader with potential. Even at the age of 64, a janitor, someone who was not considered politically important, we have many in our community like Dwight and we need to identify them, we need to train them, we need to give them the skills as leaders because they are people with real connections to their community. Thanks. We hope you've enjoyed this highlight from the Communities in Control Library. If you did, we'd love you to rate or review this podcast in the iTunes store and for you to share it with your friends. For further information about Communities in Control, visit communitiesincontrol.com.au.